We are live from the streets of a chilly New York City, but it is about to get very hot here in Manhattan. Hello everyone, I'm Sean Mooney. A few minutes ago, it was a mob scene out here. Everyone braving the elements to be a part of Monday Night Raw. But now they're inside set for the action. Hey, hey, wait a minute. What? Bobby Heenan. I'm what going are you doing? in there. No, 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 no. Oh, you, you yes, I am. You were replaced. I were replaced? Yes. Uh, By who would replace well, me? Rob Bartlett. You're not uh, I don't care about Rob Bartlett. This is Monday Night Raw, live from New York City. That's and right. And I've got to be in there to host no, it. No, no, you're not. No, what do you mean, no, no? You can't get in. I'm sorry. What do you mean, you, I can't you, get in? I can get in. I can buy a ticket. No, they don't there, want there me. are no tickets left. It's sold out in there. They're jammed to the rafters. Well, then show me the press gate so I can get through here. I didn't make up the rules here. I didn't know anything about What do you mean, you didn't make up the rules? Once again to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I, as always, am intern Alex, joined, as always, the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And before we get into the world of professional wrestling, Patrick, this is a groundbreaking day. It is. In world history. It is. Not just in Retro Wrestling Podcast history, but in Patrick Young history, because you have officially stepped in to the 21st century i have you were the last person no joke the last person i knew that was holding on to your old style phone a non-smartphone you were the last holdout i had a flip phone that lasted me 13 years wow was it the same phone it was the same phone for 13 years i had it as a sophomore in high school wow till Now, now so do you remember what kind of phone it was It is. I still have it in my pocket. Oh, good. You just keep am, it for safety. I am carrying it. You're just, used to yes. carrying it. You you like the feel of it in your pocket. You're not ready to let it go. It is an AT&T Samsung flip phone. Let me let me check it out. Let me see what we got here. You can tell this has seen. It it's been bounced all over the place. This has seen better days, Patrick. But so now it's actually built pretty well. I yeah. mean, I can see why this phone would have lasted 13 years. Uh, does it have a... Yeah, it has a camera on it. Yeah. It's got... I mean, it sends text messages. I mean, that's really yeah. good enough, right? A lot of, a lot of fans were wanting to... Uh, <laughs> give okay. Them, giving me crap, wanting to know why they couldn't keep in touch with me on Facebook full-time and why can they not. So I had to step in and... Now that you're a podcasting superstar, you needed I had to, to be get, able to connect. Exactly. I had to get a smartphone. Everybody you got a smartphone. Everybody says I was too dumb for a smartphone, but you know. Now, what kind of phone did you receive? This is a Galaxy 6. Oh, is this the one that's going to explode? I don't think so. Okay. 
Uh, what service? Well, who you got? Who who I does Patrick swapped, Young I use? I swapped over to Verizon. You're on Verizon. What did you come from? I came from AT&T. Okay. Eight gigabytes. Eight gigs. Well, that'll go by quickly if you're streaming our podcast. So you yes. got to be real careful with those eight gigs. Good thing for you, you record them, so you've already heard them once. Exactly, yeah. Now, so. what all what all apps have you got? we got to get your apps straight. we got to get you going. we got to get you started. I have, let's just swipe it up here. I don't have many apps. I literally just got it yesterday. So. Okay, well, we got to get the Facebook app. That's yeah. necessary. Yeah. Uh, because the Retro Wrestling Podcast has a Facebook page, and you got to be able and, to get to that. And fans are hitting me up wanting to talk about it. So, right. you, so you, you need the Facebook app. You need to get on Twitter. Yeah. You need to get on Twitter because Twitter is a much better way of communicating than Facebook because it's short bursts. You know, it's 140 characters a message. Right. It's just easier to sort through. You you know on those uh, Facebook timelines, it just gets bogged down. Right. It just gets bogged down with videos and memes or whatever. So you need to get Twitter on there. Uh, see what else do you need. You need to get, of course, uh, well, you're a ladies man, so you need to download Tinder. I think that's going to be in your future. Uh, you need to download Words with Friends so we can play some Scrabble. I'm getting crap about from friends saying I need to do the the Instagram thing. Oh, Instagram? That's all pictures, yeah. So. All when you're with all your celebrity friends, uh, that way you can post them and people can yeah. like them. And also, Instagram is great for looking at famous hot celebrity chicks or whatever, or divas, you know, so there you, you can keep up with all the... Uh, the happenings of the famous people with the Instagram. Downcast, you can get other wrestling podcasts and listen to those those competitors of ours and see what they're doing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to love there. Uh, when, so you just got the phone today. I literally, yeah. Late afternoon, they still, it's actually in the process. I'm carrying both because it's in the process of getting swapped over still. Wow. So, it's that fresh. It is. You've got a huge protective case on yes, this thing. Yes, giant otter box. Yeah, you gotta be gotta was, be really careful. I've got a cracked told, screen. It's it's tough. I was told that, and this they gave me some sort of a cover screen. That'll be gone. You'll have to lose that. Okay. Those aren't any fun. They said that it'll protect it and keep it from breaking. Those screen protectors, they just get too dirty over time. Really? They're just impossible to keep clean. This is, almost, this is unbelievable. Yes. That you've made. I mean, this is. I almost feel like we're. How many? In some sort of rite of passage here. How like. many 28 year olds do you know that have <laughs> carried a flip phone for 13 years? None. I, so. Like I said, you were the last one. There were some people at my, uh, my one of my day jobs that last year he made the jump. And so outside of you, I knew him. And yeah. then he made the jump. And now then you were it. So. Yeah. So. Wow. Congrats. It's sitting here so that after we do this podcast, you can get it, get me set up. Oh, yeah. Get, get me you going, going. Get me, yeah. I'll get you signed up on everything. It all cost you. It'll cost you thirty-five dollars extra a month, but it'll. I'll get you on good apps. That'll work. The intern Alex send intern Alex five dollars app. That's a great one. You just punch that one anytime. Is that a GoFundMe page or is that just a? Because <laughs> it just deposits the money directly in my bank. Oh, account. okay. Because I was going to say nowadays every single wrestler on demand has a GoFundMe page. Everybody, not just wrestlers. Everybody has a GoFundMe page. Have you ever noticed this? My roof is leaking. I need a GoFundMe page. I, I can't mow my grass. A GoFundMe page. Whatever happened to just sucking it up and figuring it out yourself? I'm sorry. To, <laughs> I mean, I realize some people do you're fall a, on hard times. You're yeah. a cold-hearted asshole. You I'm know not that. cold-hearted. <laughs> I remember one guy told me, yeah, one of his friends started a GoFundMe page and said, help me pay off my house. It didn't even give a reason, like, why. Like, it just, it just yeah. I'd like to not have a house payment. Go ahead and pay me. 
Yeah. It just, we've turned into beggars on the internet. Yeah, we have. I mean, some people need it, and I understand, but uh, if you ever see a GoFundMe page from me, it's probably, I just want something for free. That's yeah. it. I need, I need a GoFundMe page for 2K17. I haven't bought it yet. And, uh, you know, I don't like spending $60 on a video game. But well, you, Patrick, you were in possession I of did. it. I did. I did. You finally got it. I finally got it. And also, happy birthday. What? It's like we rehearsed this. I really, but... I wanted to get the shock on on the radio. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man, you didn't have to do that. 2K17. I'm going to have to pay you back for that. So, there That's you go. That's expensive, man. No, you're no. good, brother. There you go, brother. Well, thank you. Man. I don't feel like working. I'm supposed to go to work later tonight. I can't work now. I've got yeah. this. You have to go home and fire it up. Unfortunately, you've already started playing this, so you're already much better at it than I am. I am. Yeah, now what do you think of this game? It's pretty good. The graphics are a lot better. Create your own character is a lot more detailed, so there's a lot more play-wise that you can do. It was a pain in the ass. I don't know if you're going to be able to get it because you don't have the pre-order crap. So if you didn't get the pre-order, I don't know how in the hell you get Goldberg and the Halloween Havoc Nitro and all that. I'm sure there's a way in which you can get it for like two bucks. Everything has a price, yeah. Yeah, but it's not out there right now. I tried looking. I was going to get the whole thing for you, Oh, it's a, don't worry about that. This is already too nice, man. And so... I usually go years between playing these games. In fact, the last one I played, I just got WWE 2K15 the other day because I found it for $2. Yeah. So that's what I usually do. I usually take several years off and wait for them to be as cheap as possible. But now... See, now you can go home, you can play it, and you can give your review on it. <laughs> well, that's... I think for next week, I think a 2K17 review is in order. I think we should. I think we should... I'm going to spend a little bit more time. You spend some time, and we, we spend a good... 20, 25 minutes on 2K17. Well, I'm excited about this. I mean, this is just the fact that you can play as AJ Styles in this game now. I mean, And he is he is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I never had the TNA game, so I never got to experience AJ Styles in a video game before. The problem but. was with the TNA game, the graphics were shitty, and <laughs> the controls in and of itself were terrible. So I think we should have a week where we have to play that game, too. I'm going to go find it for a dollar and there, play it. Yeah. You can wow. even get the AAA game that I, I got you know, for PS3. Oh, I remember you that. You remember yeah. that? That's in the six-sided ring. Yes. Well, thanks, man. You're I mean, good. Your birthday's sneakily coming up, so now I've got to go find something for you right away. What I'm do you want? I'm sure you will think of something. You've already got your smartphone. I can't even go get you that now. Yeah, I'm sure you'll think of something. Wow. That is... I'm, I'm just floored. That's awesome. I can suplex Undertaker. Can, I can give Undertaker concussion. Yes. And end his WrestleMania streak. You can. You I can, can relive Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Hopefully soon. The thing I'm most excited about, the soundtrack by Puff Daddy. You know what a big Puff Daddy fan exactly. I am. And I know you, you are. are. Yeah. I don't even think I can name one of his songs because I like them all so much. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're all on the soundtrack. You're yeah. going to get to know them real well. Yeah. Well, Patrick, now that we've discussed our own personal, your new phone and my new video game, we can finally step into the world of pro wrestling in the week that it was... This past week here in late October 2016. What do you have for us this week from the news desk? The uh, JBL Bruno San Martino came out. This oh, Legends week on with the Legends Bruno. Bruno. Yeah, Legends what with JBL. What night did that air? It aired Tuesday. 
Why would they put that on Tuesday? It was a special after... Talking Smack? Yes. To my knowledge, I stumbled across it Wednesday. So, because I had actually been waiting I on it. I had seen no promotion for this. And it it has very little to do with his actually wrestling career and more with his real life. It's really awesome to hear him, you know, to hear his story. Uh, I highly recommend it. Did JBL ask him why he had the beef with the WWF for all those years? He he got straight into it, and uh, he said one of the reasons was because he didn't like Hulk Hogan. He doesn't. He says I'm not a fan of him. I don't like watching him wrestle. He's a terrible wrestler. I mean, he Bruno was brutally honest and didn't care who he offended during this show. And it was so it's really, but a lot of it going back with uh, you know him having to come over here to America as a sickly kid at age eight, you know, it's and dealing with, you know, the World War Two deal and all that. It's it's really if if you wanna see what how wrestling can save a human being's life, because that's exactly what it did for him. Or he would be dead right now as we speak. He would not have made it past age twelve or thirteen. So it's a true it's a really in-depth look at what the living legend Bruno San Martino came from. You do a better job at the network than promoting this because I knew nothing about this. Yeah. I had read nothing about it. And Bruno San Martino, adjusted for inflation, is actually the biggest draw in pro wrestling history. Outdrew Hogan, outdrew Austin, sold out Madison Square Garden more than anybody else. 187 times, 188 if you count his Hall of Fame. What's sad about it is that, you know, it's just before wrestling, it's before the Hulkamania era, uh, era, so... The only man and the only man to actually say, I'm tired of being world champion, give it to somebody else on two separate occasions. So, I mean, that's... Who did he give the belt to? Bob Backlund? Was that one no, of his wins? Uh, a or good, did he just vacate? No, a good friend of mine, uh, Ivan Koloff, won the second one. And uh, the first run, I think it was... Uh, superstar Billy Graham. Did he actually so, lose the belts or just He actually vacated? lost the belts. Wow. He laid down. He took the three. <laughs> because there were no cameras to record it. Uh, they get into his his big beef with uh, Buddy Roberts, the nature boy Buddy Roberts, and how that possibly has been talked about in older generations as the first shoot match for the world title. And he ended up beating nature boy Buddy Rogers in like 13 or 14 seconds. Wow. So, did they mention his son at all? They talked about his son being a part of WrestleMania 1. Like I said, I'm, I'm watching all these Nitros in order and his his son pops up on Nitros. Yeah. In uh, 96 looking jacked. Yeah, he does. He looked jacked in WrestleMania 1 too. Uh I didn't realize his son was at WrestleMania 1. Yeah. He wrestled at WrestleMania 1. In which match? I think he was a uh I think he opened I think he was cur- curtain jerking. Yeah, David San Martino was accompanied by his father to take on, of course, Ed Leslie, Brutus Beefcake, who was accompanied by Johnny Valiant. Yep. Double DQ in 1144. Yep. As historic as WrestleMania 1 is, I think I can safely say the card sucks. Yeah. WrestleMania 1. We'll, we'll watch it one day. We'll probably you know, we'll get review to it, it but But no, and it even gets into uh, him being blackballed out of pro wrestling. And Vince McMahon Sr. getting him back in. Uh, it gets into the fact of him doing wrestling 
the and only a few people know of this, the wrestling chimpanzee. Do you remember this? Have you heard of it? I've seen the video. Have I think. you seen the video? Of the wrestling he wrestled the wrestling chimpanzee. Lasted 15 minutes. Was only needed to last five minutes to get 50 bucks, which was a huge payday in the in the 60s. 50 bucks. That's pretty good. And uh, he only needed to last five minutes, but and he lasted 15 minutes. Not enough wrestling uh, matches with animals anymore. No, man. The wrestling nah. bear is the one I miss. I remember seeing the wrestling bear. I was three years old, and it, it made a swing up to Smoky Mountain. That was a one-time thing, and I, I got to see the wrestling wow. bear. Wow, you actually got – I think that's the biggest legend ever. Believe it or not, yeah, the wrestling animals The were, rarest of legends to they, see. They really are. I mean – that's, animals. That's the sideshow wrestling back from the, the 30s. And, yeah, the carnies, the 30s yeah. and 40s. So, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That sounds like a great uh, legend special. I'm going to check that out. What's up next? I have Paige proposes to Alberto Del Rio. It was in the ring, though. So in, does it count? In Puerto Rico. But it's still in the ring. And But he's still married. His divorce isn't <laughs> even final yet. That could be a problem. That could be a problem. These two are crazy. These two are just... Absolutely. These two, I, every week, they're making news. Uh, WWE already hates her because of him. Yeah, I mean, she has an Alberto tattoo on her mid. She's 24 years old and already has a man's tattoo on her midriff. She's going to regret that She one. is going to regret that I mean, that Undertaker one. got a big Sarah tattoo across the neck, and he was a grown man, you know, and, and even then he had to get that burn off. Yeah, she's going to regret that one. I think it is disaster waiting to happen. There's something else going on here. I don't know what what's going on. I don't on. know if he's enabling her drug-wise or what it is. Really and truly, I don't know. But when I saw backstage locker room footage that a fan sent me in a private message, and it shows Paige sitting there beside him right after she proposed, and she looks really skinny, a lot a lot skinnier than what she used to look like. So I'm hoping it's not something as like troubling and and deathly like, you know, meth or something like that. I'm hoping it's just marijuana or, you know, which a drug is a drug. I don't, you, you cannot pass it off on me. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. I've never touched a drop of alcohol in my life. I've never touched a single drug, not even pot. You're straight edge. You're like I'm I'm 100%. Always have been, always will be. A drug is a drug. So, but a lot of people now think pot's kind of okay, and I well, don't, it's legal in the state of Colorado. I don't, but anyway, I'm hoping that that's only the you know the worst of it. That well, she's last not. week we discussed Paige a little bit, and Dave Meltzer clarified a bit of what happened after this proposal. She got the neck surgery that she wanted. She got it with her doctor. This is part of her beef with the WWE. Their doctors say that she doesn't need the neck surgery. And she has her own personal doctor that said she did. So she went and had the neck surgery. And now, so even after the 60 days, and she's going to be out. Some people are out, you know, for a year with any kind well, of neck Nikki, surgery. Well, Nikki had hers, and she was out a good year, year and a half. Yeah, so one thing, though, we're not going to see them release her until that she's until she's healed because they usually don't fire wrestlers that are injured. Yeah. Or on pregnancy leave. They wait until right. you have the baby or heal Well, except up. they fired Don Marie when she was pregnant. But they 
since then they've changed their ways a little well, bit. Well, did, did they fire Kong or? No, no. Awesome Kong, and then she went to WWE as Kong or something. She didn't last very long. I know that. She was in WWE yeah, like a month and got pregnant. She was Karma. Remember that? Karma. Okay. Yeah. Very weird. Very yeah. weird run in the WWE. Yes. She was there one minute and gone the next, and it was just like a blur. She cut a promo on yeah, Jim Ross for not, you know. He wouldn't hire her because she was fat. And then. Really? You don't remember that? I don't remember that. I'll, I'll try and find it and splice it in. Everyone said that me, standing here, in front of you, was impossible. I even went out for season two of Tough Enough. And Jim Ross told me that I was too fat to ever be a WWE diva. I remember her. the last thing she did was get into the ring. Well, she actually appeared in a rumble after this. Right. But before that that last appearance, she got into the ring with like five other divas. They all got scared of her because Karma's here. She's going to beat us all up. So they all cower in fear in the corners. And then she like kneels down and starts crying. And she cries because she's pregnant and she's going to have to leave for a while or whatever. But while she's giving the promo, like cuts a, like turns heel on JR basically saying, you know, Thanks for this opportunity. It took me all this time because Jr. thought I was too fat to be here or whatever. It's like so, wow. Yeah, I'll try and find it. It's uh, yeah. I've worked a few. I've worked a few. I'm talking about. I can name them all in one hand. Uh, a few shows with her. I haven't really talked to her that much, so uh, I don't know much about her. So yeah, one of TNA's uh, biggest accomplishments, I think, was was Awesome Kong. Yeah, and, and their women's division in general. Yeah, years for years, it was better uh, than WWE's. Now, what else you got? Goldberg accepting the challenge. Well, we knew he would because he was going to fly out to Denver. We knew he would, but I think it was done really well. Oh, it couldn't have gotten better. It was the one. Believe it or not, the it's the best Goldberg promo of all time. Believe it or not, you know Bill coming out there saying not only you're next but you're last. I thought that was badass. It's pro wrestling though, so is it the last? Who knows. But it yeah. would be it would be nice to actually think that. Rumors also are they're actually trying to get. Hold on, we'll get to that in a second. But with the Bill Goldberg thing, they did it right. This was the way to do this promo because instead of having Michael Cole stay and do the interview, they just gave Goldberg the mic, and then having his wife there with the kid, and he parades the kid around, and he talks about being a superhero. This sold me on the match because before. See, last week you were saying you weren't even going to waste the time watching it. This made me want to see him because I felt sorry for he. He got so emotional about it. He almost it seemed like he was on the verge of crying at a couple points because yeah. yeah, he's been out of it for twelve years. He's forgotten what it felt like to be in the ring, and that for whatever reason, and just seeing you know forty nine year old Goldberg with the gray in his beard, and just that really connects with me for some reason. I yeah. don't know, just the story. I mean, oh. it's not like he's. Totally, it's not like he had to go like work construction or something. It's not right. that great of a story, but it's still, it's still nice. It's still, it's. How can you not want to see this match now? I mean, yeah. After that, he won me over. Yeah. Now I think, do I think the match will deliver a good quality, you know, in ring product? No. no. 
No, and I don't think it's your. How long do you think they're going to give them? Ten minutes? No, they'll give them thirty. <sighs> they can't go thirty, Patrick. No, if they go they thirty. Can't, they can't go thirty, but they will give them thirty. Thirty, I, including ring entrances. Yeah, maybe. that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, ring entrance. I'm sure. The Brock's ring entrance is quick. Well, and so, so is Goldberg. Goldberg's. So I think no. Th- this can only take fifteen minutes. I don't know, man. I I got a bad feeling about what's going to happen in the ring, but I do too. I'm excited about. I mean, I'm, I'm excited pumped. to see him. But I started having flashbacks while watching it of '97 and him and Hogan in the. Uh, well, they aired the clip on Raw yeah. of him winning the title yeah. on Raw. One of one of Nitro's greatest moments, I think, ever. Yeah. Well, um, they, I mean, they sold out the Georgia Dome in well three days. They sold forty thousand tickets, but not a sellout. We were there for a sellout. Yeah, that's seventy thousand people. But I mean, but still, though, that's a lot of tickets in three days, all because you announced yep. Goldberg's going to be there and on Goldberg's. Thunder, yeah, yeah. should have probably put that on pay per view. Yeah, <laughs> but. Still an incredible moment to watch. Now, what were you going to say? Last, but certainly not least, the biggest news, James Ellsworth is 2-0 and against AJ Styles. Hold on a second. You didn't see the same match I saw then on Tuesday night because I'm pretty sure James Ellsworth lost. Who won? Uh, who, oh, that's right. AJ won? was disqualified. Who won? So the streak... Rumors are because he is now two and zero against the WWE World Heavyweight Champion that he is either going to get a title match inside of a like a cage or something to prevent anything Dean like Ambrose to prevent anything like that, or he's going to get a WWE contract. Well, he's selling a lot of merch. I hate that shirt, by the way. I it is butt ass ugly. It is just a round picture his of his face. face. But they are selling it like crazy. Well, yeah, because the guy's the biggest star <laughs> in the company over. at the moment. He yeah. is over, and he's not even with the company. That's the bad part. Well, I mean, he's got to keep his options open. He's not just going to sign a willy-nilly contract. Exactly. You know? He's going to wait until they offer him, you know, the farm. But no, and uh, the problem with it though is long term. What do you do with him? I think he'll turn into a Santino. Right, a comedy, comedy, uh, an opening comedy act. But I mean, hey, if it works and you're getting that big money and you can turn it into a backstage job like Santino did, it's not a bad idea. I was impressed with his super kick, man. The no-chin music. Did you see that? Uh, he got it square, too. <laughs> and the crowd popped. They bought the crowd, it. They did. He got it square, too. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Uh, if he won the belt on SmackDown, now, hypothetical. This is up for discussion. This was mentioned on SmackDown, I think, by JBL. Which is worse, Patrick? Having David Arquette win the world title or having James Ellsworth win the world title? David Arquette. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when I actually said it out loud, it's easy because, yeah, he's an actor. At least James Ellsworth is a wrestler. (laughs) Right? No, I am one of the few that love that David Arquette was a world heavyweight champion. I don't know if, you know... Still not in the Hall of Fame. You talk no. about Hall of Fame. Celebrity Hall snubs. of Fame wings, you have to Drew put. Drew Carey made it before the world champion. The world David. champion, David Arquette. Yeah. Snoop no. Dogg. Yeah. Donald Trump. Well, but. we need a WWE heavyweight champion, WWE Hall of Famer, whatever you want to call him, in the White House. Well, Jesse Ventura, one day. We'll Just see. saying that. I think we do. <laughs> so that was your last item? That's it, bro. Oh, well. You missed, actually, 
this is the the news item that I, I should have led with, but I'm glad I saved it till last. Actually, that makes no sense. It's better to save. This is the main event of the news items okay. this week. Well, because you don't now that you have a smartphone, Patrick, you can get Twitter, and when you get Twitter, you will be able to follow AJ Styles, and when you follow AJ Styles, you will get to see things that he tweets out. Like this week, Patrick, he tweeted out a teaser image. Do you know what this teaser image was? I do not. I didn't see it. It was a poster for the Royal Rumble. Yes. San Antonio. Yes. The dome in the background. One side, AJ Styles, and on the other side, Patrick? Please tell me it's Shawn Michaels. HBK. Oh, yes. Shawn Michaels. Now, it was just a... It's clearly something that the WWE photoshopped, gave to him to tweet out just to float the idea. Oh, that would be beautiful. So what do you think about that match? I think we're going to San Antonio. (laughs) That's exactly why I was going to bring it up. Now, we have to go there, right? Because you have to see Shawn Michaels wrestle. Because you missed his other final match, so you need to see... We saw him get put in the Hall of Fame. That's right. We went to WrestleMania 27. We were a year late on the retirement On the retirement. So if he's coming out of retirement to do this, then yeah, we're going... We're going to San Antonio. We're going to do a live podcast from the floor at the Superdome, or not Superdome, listen, at the San Antonio Alamo Dome Royal Rumble. Well, that's that's a big if. That's a big if on multiple reasons. Number one being that I don't think San Antonio is a quick eight-hour drive like New Orleans. It's a bit further. Not that much. What, 12 from us? That's a long drive just to go see a wrestling match. This isn't just any wrestling match. That's right, brother. So what do you think about 50-year-old Shawn Michaels wrestling another match? I think it would be awesome. Don't you think it kind of discredits the retirement match? Not at all. Don't you think that Flair wrestling in (laughs) TNA discredits the retirement match? No. Okay. But that wasn't on WWE TV. (laughs) <laughs> Just saying. Well, he did have a no, like a, a brawl with Batista on Raw a few weeks like after. See? Don't you think that... I think they would need Undertaker to cut some sort of taped promo where he says that it's okay that Shawn Michaels can fight one more time. I think that would be badass. I think that but would be But we complain awesome. all the time about part-timers. Part-timers coming in. There's a difference between part-timers like... The Rock and John Cena and Batista, who would rather go and make money in Hollywood instead of coming in and doing what they love, as to The Undertaker, who's coming in strictly to do what he loves. He's not making money out on the side. He's not doing it as a publicity to, hey, come see my next movie, as like... So you think it's okay for wrestlers to break their retirement? As long as it's not a publicity to, hey, come see my next movie. Hey, come do this. Hey, come do that. Last week, actually, no, I assumed that they would put Goldberg and Lesnar at the Alamo Dome, but that's going to be a Survivor Series, I think. Or Starcade. <laughs> I don't. I think it's going to be a Survivor Series. Rumors they're th- never going to bring Starcade's name back. You don't think so? No. I, see, I've heard they're pulling Halloween Havoc. That's fine, but it's. They would never bring up WCW's version of WrestleMania, which was. Starcade or whatever. They wouldn't do that. They they don't want to remember that. Forget that. Yeah. But last week I actually thought they're going to move the Goldberg and Lesnar match until Royal Rumble because they've got 70,000 seats to fill. Or stretch it two months more to Mania. And do it in Orlando. That's a long time from now to be for Goldberg-Lesnar to continue. Well, damn, he's got to get into shape. 
It's not like he's, he's ready. ready. No, he's in shape. I'm not denying that. But, I mean, he's not ring How ready. How do you get ring ready, though, when you don't wrestle? You've got to get in there and practice. You've got to get in there. It's n- but there's nothing like. And train. There's, there is, I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm telling you right now, there is no, no way anyone can understand this unless you were in the business. And this goes for referees too. There's a difference between, between being in shape and being in ring shape. Well, yeah, the cardio. It is unbelievable. It really is. And the shocker is a lot of people don't realize that until they get there and they're like, oh crap, I'm blown up in like five minutes, if that. That's one thing that the if Shawn Michaels, if he chooses to wrestle this match against AJ Styles at the Rumble, they can train at the Performance Center. They can work right. the match out anytime they want to because right. he's in-house. He's on he's, the payroll. He's there at a ring 24-7, basically. Yeah. So. so I think that match would deliver. That would be a match that in the ring would I, deliver. I think AJ and Shawn would draw bigger than Goldberg. Well, and San Antonio, of course. This is the hometown boy, too. It's true. Without it, though, I, I think they have a lot of problems filling up the seventy thousand seats of the Alamo Dome. Not that the Rumble, the Rumble's a great event. It sells well on its own. I love the Royal Rumble. It's my favorite event. Yeah, but that by itself, but is that going to fill an arena of that size? I don't think so. No, you're going to. I mean, something... we watched it at the Phillips Arena, right? One year. That's like a third of the size. Right. If they don't get I Michaels. Think it, I think the Royal Rumble in and of itself will draw maybe 35,000, if you don't get Michaels AJ. If you get Michaels AJ, you're going to have standing room It's going to sell out. Yeah. So if they don't get that match, what do they do to sell it out? There's a lot more pressure on ticket sales because they don't have traditional pay-per-view anymore. Right. So what do you put on there? Where? Let's play fantasy booking for a minute. Okay. Where do we go? Where do we go from here with all this? The truth? Yeah. The God's honest truth? I would put it to where James Ellsworth wins the 30th seed. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. The 30th seed in the Royal Rumble and has the best freaking chance of anybody else of winning the Royal Rumble. And then I'd turn around and I'd have him win the damn thing. Wow. I'm not making this up. I'm being dead serious. He is the hottest thing WWE has going right now. Well, I think I think you just ruined WrestleMania for a lot of people. But It doesn't have to carry over to WrestleMania. He doesn't technically have to go to WrestleMania. Oh, you want to do the old uh, No Way Out the old number switch. one? Yeah. But still, that in and of itself to build that, to make people think, holy crap, here he is. He's going in. He's got this. I, I'm talking long-term, okay. Hell in a Cell. Who wins the title? Kevin Owens keeps the title this yes. Sunday? Kevin okay. Owens. So where does Seth Rollins go from there? Seth, Hunter? Seth will go back to, I don't know, man. So Triple H and Seth Rollins at Survivor Series and then at, again the rematch at Royal Rumble? I still think you're going to see Seth Rollins and Triple H. But I'm still thinking they're going to drag their feet to where that's a WrestleMania match. But what does he do in the meantime? I just don't know he what you do feuding, with him. He keeps feuding with Stephanie and Mick. I know, but they those aren't, you know, he can't wrestle Stephanie one-on-one in the, until no, but it could WrestleMania. Turn, it could turn out where, you you know, he's made Mick mad and Mick keeps putting people in front of him. Mick's think, riding that fine line of baby heel GM. I think that Survivor Series, the universal title match, will be Jericho Owens. I think so, too. The SmackDown match. I'm telling you right now, dude, it's James Ellsworth. <laughs> no. 
if they have any brains in their head, they're going to jump on that bandwagon and make that money. I guess they're going to have to do AJ and Randy Orton by then. I guess Randy Orton can finally get rid of Bray Wyatt by then. Then uh, after Survivor Series, I just don't know where you go with the run. I mean, but that's my Survivor Series picks. I just don't. Well, it's hard I want to you to determine know, where to go. I have lists. I've gone back and listened to our podcast, and I'm going to go back and I've listened to some others. We not only are we the only ones that actually the first ones that are backed with the radio station. We also have. We can honestly say we were the first ones. If you go back to episode five, right here on the podcast, we were the first ones to call it that the very first women's Hell in a Cell match was going to take place. <laughs> we pre- we predicted it, and not only three weeks later did they announce it. But there's still the problem with that cell match, like we mentioned last week. There's just not any bad blood uh, in the cell match. They don't seem like they and hate I, each other. I enough. still make it'd the, be like if you and I say, okay, when you're gonna fight over a title in the cell. I still make the argument that there needs to be blood in this match. I I don't see that. I happening. don't see it happening. This match, this match is just like Goldberg and Lesnar. It cannot live up to its hype. It's gonna be the. I think it's gonna actually be the main event on the card, though. I do too. It's gonna. Oh, I'm not knocking the idea. I'm just thinking. What I'm saying is, when you think Hell in a Cell, you think of gruesome. Yeah. You think of you know blood. You think of two men literally beating the living hell out of each other. Now you're gonna have two women. In Hell in a Cell, it's gonna have to be. It's going to have to stand up. I'm not saying it's. There's no way in hell it's gonna be Shawn Michaels Taker. It's not gonna be Taker Mick. It's not gonna be anything like that. But if you want it to even remotely hit on a list of top tens, which WWE put out today, top ten greatest Hell in a Cell matches. I disagree with that entire list. That is crap. Whoever is their person, I don't. I'll tell you right now, I don't care who I make mad. Whoever their person is at WWE who put that out is full of shit. Was DX Spirit Squad number one? That was, no, but it was in the top five. <laughs> and I am not joking from what I read. DX versus the McMahons, the Spirit Squad, and Big Show, well. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, you know. I guess they're going to have to do a falling off the cell spot. I guess that's going to be their big. You really think Charlotte... Charlotte's going to do a moonsault off, off the, the top. cell onto a table. There is no way in hell Vince will let her do that. Maybe off the side of the cell because they cut in, you know, not the top. She's not going to be able to get a springboard off that to be able to do it. Does she do any other moves? Other than, does Sasha do a move off the top rope? That- not really. That's what I'm saying, man. You're going to have to do If you're really talking about that, there's no way in hell it's going to happen. But just a Mick Foley throw off. But even then, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Vince is not going to relive Well, it'd be Charlotte those. taking the bump because Sasha looks like she weighs 60 pounds. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I've got... There's no way to top it. I don't know what to do <laughs> with this match. That like, match, like, I'm, I'm all for the fact, yeah, it's happening. It's great. Well, that's what's supposed to make it memorable. That alone, perhaps. But true wrestling... I mean, wrestling fans are like, holy crap, yeah, this is going to be awesome. But for true, true wrestling fans, can this match live up to its hype? There's no way. Well, especially when on the same card you've got two cell matches before it. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, if those are stinkers. It's like you said last week, uh, it needs to be just like Lethal Lockdown 
TNA did and had every single match in it. Just let them all be disappointing. Did you see the Rusev family segment on Monday? I didn't. Ooh, we got to watch that. That's really good. No, I fast forward just to Rusev see Rusev is going to be a baby face soon. He's he's getting so over as a heel. He's going to be They're going to turn baby him baby. I love him. Really? I've, I've totally changed my tune on Rusev in the last two or three years. He understands his character. Yeah. He gets it. Oh, I still say Lana's the greatest referee of all time. The referee? Or not referee, manager, sorry. The greatest she's manager. She's one of the best to look at of all time. Well, that's that's why I'm sure. saying she's the best. She doesn't interfere enough in the match. If I have I... her or Bobby Heenan to pick from, I'm picking her. Oh, don't ever say that. <laughs> don't ever say she's that. She's easy on the eyes where Bobby's not. So. Yeah, but Bobby's got the brains. That is true. That's very, very true. Well, we've had we've had fun chatting about all these other things. I guess we can finally get into... Speaking of Bobby Heenan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bobby Heenan. Yeah, well, he had a little trouble getting into the arena on January 11th, 1993. He was actually uh, the biggest star of this show. He was, and never even made it on the show. But he sort of did, because he had a taped promo. The vignettes of him trying to get in to see Raw, or be a part of Raw, were awesome. So let's do it. The first episode of Monday Night Raw, it's January 11th, 1993. The road to WrestleMania 9 is underway, Patrick. Yes. 20, almost 24 years ago. What are your thoughts on Raw's impact on pro wrestling history? Quickly. Sorry to hit you over the head with a tough question. uh, In all seriousness, it it has changed the dynamic of what... TV. It changed the night you watch wrestling. Before this, Saturday, 6.05. Saturday, 6.05. It did. But also, I mean, not only that, look at it. It's changed the dynamic. We're, we're over a thousand episodes. Every week. It's the one thing you can count on. Every single week. I mean, Even it if it's Christmas. It, even if it's, you know. They'll tape it. Even, I hate to bring it up, but I'm just saying, it was the first gathering of people well, that was SmackDown after 9-11 they taped that SmackDown the day of they taped it on 9-11 say I'm just saying so they took I mean and even Raw was you know nobody had really gathered to do a show even that Monday for Raw right so yeah I mean Raw has transpired uh, what TV is like. You have, I mean, what was it? The Simpsons at one point in time were leading with most shows of all time. Most episodes. Mo- okay, and like Raw's blown it out of the water. In, I mean, to do a new show, produce a new at least 60-minute show every single week for as long as it has, has never been done. And I don't think will ever be done. And the fact now again. they're doing three hours. Well, I guess Meet the Press, a news show, has been done longer, but a non-news show. This is... a Right. This is it. I mean, even on Monday Night Football, I think they've passed that up. It changed how they uh, promoted pay-per-views. It changed... This was basically the the start of we we need monthly pay-per-views. You had... I was going to say, you had... What was it? You had WrestleMania. Then you went to Survivor Series. Then you had Royal Rumble. And you had those three for, what, three or four years? SummerSlam. Three or four years, then SummerSlam came along. And so then you ran the first two years of Raw with that, with those pay-per-views. Then in 95, 
Nitro starts taking its or well not necessarily Nitro, but WCW starts really making some serious heat. They jump it from four up to seven a year. Jumped it from seven to nine a year, and then they said screw it. It was like nine or ten. And then they said screw it. We'll just do one month, and that is. And now we we have nineteen. Now we have one every two weeks. Yeah. So. It changed the way storylines were built because previously you just had maybe a Saturday night's main event. Yeah. Maybe a couple of those in between a pay-per-view, so and the superstars tapings, but other than that, you'll just you would forget what the storyline even was going into these matches. Well, I mean, and I have said it, we all have said it. The writing the writers for WWE, you all they get crapped on so much it's not even funny. But when you really sit back and think about it, it's hard to carry on storylines every single week, now three times a week, for over, what, 25 years? Is that what we're hitting up at? We're hitting 25 next next year? The start of next it year? It would be 20, 24 next year. Okay. So almost 24 years to keep storylines and keep stuff. Hell, even soap operas kill people off. You can't do that <laughs> in wrestling. You can't do that in wrestling unless, you know. It's a jobber. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's made a huge impact, and it's something that will never be done again and will never – I don't think it will ever end, really and truly. Well, it'll be a sad day when it does because you invest 24 years into watching this. I mean, some people – there's some people out there that have seen, you know, have lived and watched – you went back and watched them on tape. You didn't – I watched – I was watching wrestling – the day I came home from the hospital being <laughs> porn, okay? <laughs> yeah, so. As a matter of fact, little side note, just 20 miles from where I was born, three days earlier, Clash of the Champions took place right here in Chattanooga. Coincidence? I think not. Just you just missed it. Just saying. Monday Night Raw, episode number one. Now, lucky for us, this was the first episode, so they couldn't run those... I hate... I hate. They've been doing this, like, (laughs) probably for 10 years now. Those bragging full screens where they're like, Raw had more viewers combined than anything else in the world. Do you you notice... (laughs) Don't know the ones I'm talking about where it's like... They've they've taught NASCAR. They've taught... (laughs) Raw has more Twitter followers than NASCAR, ESPN. They just pick random... the, The bragging... Full screens. I hate that shit. Because yeah. what does that matter to me? You're like, not there to... I'm already committed to watching it. You don't have to sell me on it anymore. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to sell me on it. They forget this. And what is it... Is that supposed to give me some sort of argument for when people are like, why do you watch stupid pro wrestling so I can be... Uh, excuse that me. It might actually be. That. Pro wrestling is the most watched thing in the entire world. I saw it on Monday Night Raw, so it must be true. It must be true. So this is episode one, so they can't brag yet about anything. Sean Mooney. Do you miss Sean Mooney? I I do miss Sean Sean Mooney. Mooney. Well, you can catch his work now. He's at KVOA, the NBC affiliate, in Tucson, Arizona. He went back to local news after his his long stint in WWE. I always thought he was pretty good. You know, I, I didn't... I didn't watch wrestling during this time. I missed all this when I was a kid, but everything I've seen of Sean Mooney, I really like him. Well, see, I miss Raw. We were we were a Southern Roots wrestling household, so I was watching NWA, man. 
Plus, this would have aired past your bedtime. I mean, I was watching un- NWA. So that's all I'm saying. My bedtime wasn't till eleven o'clock because we were not missing wrestling. Sean Mooney is outside the Manhattan Center in New York City. The Manhattan Center, a a small venue, very small, but a nice venue. I like intimate venues for these wrestling shows. I th- now you can't make any money running small arenas like that, but they did a documentary, and I don't. I would love for you to splice it in. It's uh, it's got little excerpts of people that were there talking about the very first episode. That WWE put the DVD out, and it's got like guys like Mean Gene Okerlund, and he his line is classic because I'll always remember it. And uh, Mean Gene's a good friend of mine, and if you ask him, he says the exact same thing every time. The Manhattan Center was a shithole, is exactly what he says. And it's just, it's hilarious to hear him say it. And, uh, yeah, no, it was it was bad. Apparently so bad that the set in which they shot it, they shot Monday Night Raw, the only way to get up there was by elevator, so they had to take the ring piece, piece by piece, piece yeah. up the elevator and then set it up on that. I remember Every week, that. yeah. Yeah, it's also known as the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's the same same room where ECW uh, One Night Stand 2005 and 2006 took place and a lot of other ECW shows, but it has a capacity of just 2,200 fans. So Sean Mooney welcomes us to the show. He mentions there were a lot of people out there. He's outside this... Im- he's No one's on the street with him. No. He's outside the ticket thing, and he... He, he just tells us, trust me, there were a lot of people here earlier. I have a theory about these Sean Mooney segments, that they were actually taped in reverse, if that makes sense, because at the end of the night, there are people out there. Right. And so I think that was actually shot first, and so we're, we're seeing them be re-aired in reverse order of how they were shot. You might be right. You That's might be my theory on why there's no one out there. You might be onto something. Also, the show's starting. There would be, there shouldn't be anybody out there. So, anyway, that's that's my theory. Bobby Heenan, he comes up to Sean Mooney. He's upset because he has been replaced on lead commentary by a man named Rob Bartlett. Okay, now freeze. Who in the hell is Rob Bartlett? Rob Bartlett is a comedian, in quotation marks, that Vince McMahon found. And he worked on I Miss in the Morning, which was a radio show in New York. It was a bit like Howard Stern's show, but more news-oriented. In, Don Imus is still on the air today at 74 or 5 years old. But he was a, an impressionist, and he was a comedian, and I guess Vince heard him and said, Oh, he's edgy. We'll put him on the announce team. Yeah. So now he is... He, he probably knew, knew nothing about pro wrestling. I mean, from his commentary, I can tell he I knew. Can, uh, yeah. And he wasn't funny. No, he was terrible. Co- I say comedian in quotation marks because uh, his, his, his one-liners fell very flat on me uh, throughout this the night. This is why you don't have a non-wrestling Bobby fan. Bobby Heenan is funnier than him. Yeah. This, so Bobby Heenan has a right to be upset. This is why you don't have a non-wrestling fan trying to do commentary. He reminds me, do you remember when Mark Madden was on Nitro commentary for a brief moment? Yes. Same type of thing. Yeah. Just a, a, a guy totally out of his out of his league. Then we get that classic Raw theme. The da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I can't even sing it, but I'll splice it in. There you go. Splice it in. But you know the one I'm talking about. Is this your favorite Raw theme? 
I was going to have a discussion about Raw themes with you. No, this is not. I prefer uh, before they moved to that my the one right before the My Generation one, the one that was the one that shows Sean diving off the top into the ring. My life in a box. Enjoy the beat or whatever. Okay, yeah, the one that's got thorn in my eye. You got Yokozuna in there, and you've got there's gold dust and the whole Raw logos going and lights across his the face. The one that, that they they they. they they basically did two versions of it. The the one that had originally had the the horn and you saw Austin walking through the the wasteland or whatever. Yeah. But then the next version they did was just, you know, smash cuts of all these moves or whatever, but it So had, the attitude it one. It had more lyrics. You're on the attitude one then. Austin walking through the fire through the You're going with the attitude in. It's the same Thing. No, there's, there's. No, you're thinking about the one that was shot on top of the building. Yeah, well, that one sucked. I love that one. That one, and then the one in my generation from uh, 2001. Those are I love my generation. What is my generation? It starts off with Stacy Keebler dancing, and then it shows. Okay, I'm gonna have to listen to all this crap. <laughs> okay. Do you remember? I like it raw. <laughs> this is the song I like. It's called Thorn in Your Eye. Now get the guns, the drugs from my generation. I'll take the fall, the state, across the nation. And it's a Okay, so your my generation is actually Union Underground across the nation. Yes, I love. I agree. I like that one too. I like but that one, and then, like I said, the one with uh, on the rooftop. You know, you had the giant balloon Undertaker, and you. Okay, got now the, I've got to go pull that up so you can change your mind about that one. No, I'm not going to change my mind. Yes, about you it. are. You'll you'll hear it and say, you know what? I was wrong. Here we go. This is I like it raw. I think this is the one you're talking about. So See, we, that we're back sucks. on the air. All right, we had to mute our mics to look that up. Yeah. No. Okay. So yeah, that one, the the very first one or the second one, I mean, when they're on the top of the building, you have Sean doing the crossbody off the top of a building onto into the ring, and you've got you know. Yeah, I, you like the Nickelback version the best. This is the one you like the best. Yeah, no, that one doesn't do it for me, man. I like, I like the uh, while the music's not good in the one I like, the video footage. You got Yokozuna coming in the ring, and you got Taker in there, and you've got Gold Dust. And I want to play the first theme song. This is the one from tonight. This is this is just called Monday Night Raw by Jim Johnston. Here we go. Sorry, we got sidetracked we're gonna, on a Raw theme song. So on our Facebook and Twitter, we're probably going to have a montage of all the Raw 
intros. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll put them up there. Anyway, so yeah, but I like Across the Nation. You like Union if you, Underground. If you're going, yeah, if you're going with, I like the video of the, the, the second one that they ever did, but Union Underground is. I like the WWE Superstars and Slam Jam, Thorn in Your Eye. That's my pick for Raw, Raw theme song. Okay. The Union Underground would be my second. Because that's good, man. That Th- was this original 1993 would be my third pick. Okay. Everything after that, though, all the other songs, though, that's all garbage to me. Especially this new, this new one, the yeah. Shine Down theme. Yeah. I haven't even heard it. But we're back. Vince welcomes us into the Manhattan Center. He's with Macho Macho Man. Dig it. And Rob Bartlett. He mentions tonight we'll see the Steiner Brothers, Razor Ramon. And Bartlett mentions we'll see Yoko Zuma. This yeah. is a common mistake. I He wasn't the only one on this broadcast saying Yoko Zuma. No, he wasn't. I think Vince was the only one that had it right, because I believe Savage messed it up too. Yes. Yeah, Macho Man messes it up next by saying he can only think about Yoko Zuma. Yes. And he'll be thinking about him a lot in, at the Rumble. Yeah. The big finish involved Macho Man and Yoko Zuma. <laughs> Yoko Zuma. Up first, the first match, the era. The Monday Night Raw era will kick off with Coco Beware. Versus Yokozuna, not Yuma, but go with it. Coco Beware is out to Owen Hart's old theme song because this is when they were in the new foundation. Yes. After the old Hart Foundation, of course. Hold on. Because he formed, he got into a tag with uh, the Anvil at first was his partner. Right. And then he went to Coco. Right. I don't know if they were the new foundation then. They were just something else. I forget what they were called. Here. They were the... F- they were high energy. See, I knew it was something flying. <laughs> high energy. There you go. But high see, energy. Coco didn't have Frankie. That kind of upset me. Yeah, he kind of stinks without his bird. I mean, his bird's his whole gimmick. It's like Jake the Snake if he walked out there without his snake. There's a joke there, but I'm not touching it. Oh. Yeah, don't touch Jake's snake. <laughs> That's fine. Yoko Zuma. Is out next. He's with Mr. Fuji, recently passed away. Yes. You see those Ico Pro signs in the rafters? Yes. Patrick, your birthday present, I was going to get you a bottle of Ico Pro, because they really bulk you up. That's what I need. I can't even find any on eBay, though. No, Vince, when they were getting ready to go under, Vince was like, I'm going to hoard it all up. So. You think, oh, you think that's why he's so jacked, that's even why to this day. so jacked. He blows out his quad every, every chance he gets, because he's on that Ico Pro. His World Bodybuilding Federation that he tried. This was the one leftover part that he kept was the Ico Pro. Wasn't Lex Luger brought in to be part of that? Yes, that's correct. He was brought in to, uh, to basically just be a bodybuilder. He was going to go back to being bodybuilder. Right. and Or try to mix both of them together, being a bodybuilder or wrestler type deal. But it went under right before he came in. Right. As Narcissus, yes. as we see later tonight. I say checkerboard patterns are way in style in 1993 because Yokozuna, oh, I'm sorry, Yokozuma, <laughs> his jacket, his shawl is just checkerboard. Mr. Yes. Fuji's in checkerboard, and Coco Beware is in checkerboard. Well, Coco wrestled actually in that for quite some time, but I, I, this is the one and only time I've seen uh, Yokozuna use it. So I don't Checkerboards, man. Yeah. Style. Get with that. I know you just got a smartphone. I need to get you some checkerboard coats. I'm going to try to do my best. His pre-match ritual is blessing the ring with salt. 
Not enough people do pre-match rituals anymore. Do you know why they do that? Now, obviously, this is that was just gimmick-wise, but actually... Yes, because he wasn't even Japanese. Exactly. But, but actually, in, in sumo, sumo wrestling, they believe that that's a way of helping the spirits get on their side to help them win. See, I love I love stuff like that. I yeah. love superstitious stuff like that, like how pitchers won't step on the line in baseball and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you have any pre-match rituals you did? I do. What do you do? I you I put, wipe off your boots. I wipe off my boots right before I get into the ring. But a ritual I do before anybody sees is back in the locker room. Well, it doesn't count. It's back in the locker room. No, 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 no. Don't tell me what you're doing back there. No, listen. It's back in the locker room. I always put my left knee pad and my left shoe on first. Why is that? <laughs> that's that's not really a ritual. That's just a... I mean, I'm right-handed. I Everything's right-handed, but I just... You take out... I just do You that. tackle the hard shoe first. Yeah. It's because it's, it's, it's easier for me to put on my right shoe. Putting my boots on, my wrestling boots. Have you known any boots. other wrestlers that had any... Pre-match rituals. I know that some that actually carry certain stuff in the in the sides of their boots and things like that. You that, should check them for that stuff. You're not well, scared. I mean, if you're pulling out a chicken bone or something like that, it's not, you know. <laughs> so I'm not going to call a lot of moves on this uh, show because there weren't a lot. <laughs> there weren't a lot in this match. Coco tries to drop kick Yokozuma, but he gets thrown into the ropes. Yokozuna hits a big leg drop. Shout out to Hogan there. We get a choke hold on Coco, and then he tosses him into the corner. He hits his big butt splash on Coco. The rear view, I guess, is what it'd be called now. The the butt splash? That's what I call it. That's what you call it? Well, it's like a stinger splash, but he leads with his butt. What is it called? What do you call it? It's it's just a running hip. Just, there, I mean, it's the same thing Mick Foley did. Oh, it's way different than what Mick Foley well, does. The only difference is because he's like 600 pounds. Yeah, it's he leads with his butt, though. Okay, proceed. <laughs> no, it's just it's like a no. You no. I call it the running butt splash. You got you. Uh, <laughs> he hits him with a running butt splash. Okay, we'll go. With then it. he hits the bonsai drop and he gets the three in three minutes forty five seconds. Yes. <laughs> Anything to add to this? Match? Running butt splash is a bitch, man. It is, man. <laughs> it hurts. Uh, no, I. This is kind of our first Yokozuna hint. I, I wanted to say there's no way in hell I would ever take the bonsai drop from him. Oh, I think that's safe. At least he can control that. Sitting on you? <laughs> yeah, because he comes down gently. Who the hell are you watching? He comes down. I mean, he can control. He can control how hard he comes down on you. At least, if if his leg broke, then you'd be in a lot of trouble. Or wouldn't it? Because that's how he broke his ankle one time. On a raw, right? They had to get the forklift out and they there had to, to get him. The, it literally shut the shut the uh, the show down. They had to get a, a wooden pallet and roll him out of take the ring ropes down, roll him out of the ring and onto the pallet to to the back. So yeah, I don't think it. it's that dangerous of a move. I don't know, think. man. That's a lot of weight to try to have to stop coming four and five feet from you know from up in the air. Yeah, I mean that's that's and if he doesn't stop it just right, your head's going up his butt. I mean, there's just no ifs, or buts about it. <laughs> at least he had the courtesy, at least Yokozuma had the courtesy to wear white underneath his little uh, sumo thong, unlike Rikishi, who just had the bare cheeks out there. <laughs> Yokozuna did us that courtesy, at least. Uh, we, get a royal, uh, we get a Royal Rumble promo. It is two weeks away, so things are moving right along here. We get a ring girl with a ring sign. 
And she's not even in a bikini. So it's not that raw. She's in a one-piece exercise. She's in a leotard, yeah. Leotard. like an, And this is the 90s, so this, yeah. she's in a 90s. And she's got her 90s hair. Hair, you know, 90s leotard exercise thing. So Now, Bobby the Brain, despite being not able to get into the arena, still delivers a Narcissus promo. Says, Mr. Perfect is just horse manure. And there's only one man who's... Better than perfect. Narcissus. Okay, Lex here's 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 the thing. See, they won't I don't get it. Narcissus is what they were calling him at first. Yes. Then when they called they brought him in, he was just the narcissist. <laughs> which is this There's a debate. There's a debate over whether it was a screw up, I think. Sort of like how originally the Undertaker was called Kane the Undertaker. Correct. And then DiBiase just called him the Undertaker. Well that's how just, that's how Kane came about was because Vince thought that was a great name and still went with it. Right. But DiBiase, what now? Well, DiBiase calls him The Undertaker, and then it just sticks. You're The Undertaker. You're not Kane The Undertaker anymore. Right. So, I mean, Narcissus is an actual mythological character. So there is a Narcissus. Yeah. But I think calling him The Narcissist would have been better right off the start. Yeah. I mean, but then he... they've. I mean... I'm trying to argue, I'm trying to make a point about stupid names or whatever. I mean, we do realize they call a man the big show. So they're not very good with names. But well, if, if you're seven foot four, they can call me whatever the hell they want. Well, if they send you a paycheck, they can call you whatever. Exactly. Yeah, but I'm just saying the name Big Show is stupid. It's not even... He is the whole the, show. No, he's not. He's seven foot four, The giant is pounds. a way better name than Big Show. I agree. Big show. but when, First name big, last name show. When he came over, they couldn't call him the giant. Yes, they could. They had Andre the giant. They had the giant. They we going to call him Paul the giant? <laughs> we have Andre the giant. Now we have Paul the giant. <laughs> he doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I see your point, but I'd still come up. Originally, they were thinking about calling him Titan. At first, because they're Titan Sports. But See, actually, I would have loved that, believe it or not. <laughs> so, they, they're really bad at names, but what I was going to say about calling, if you just called him the narcissist at first, right? you would think that they're... Did they? Did he... In this Bobby Heenan promo, did he call him Lex Luger, or did he, did he no. just... No. Okay. See, he wasn't called Lex Luger until WrestleMania. It was either... No, sorry. Until the Royal Rumble, where they unveiled who Narcissist was. And okay. then he's like, he takes his robe off and he goes, I am the Narcissist, but Lex they, Luger. Okay, yeah, but if they called him, if you call someone the Narcissist, or if I call, if I call you the whatever, then I would think there was a comma before it with another name, like, I'm Patrick Young, the wrestling referee. Like, I, you wouldn't... I couldn't just call you the wrestling referee and then just leave it at that. It feels like something's missing. Right. I've spent way too much time on Narcissus. I spent more time than Bobby Heenan Well, we have a show of like... 45 minutes. Not even that. Like 20 minutes of talking. So we we have to break this down and make it... So even though he couldn't get into the building, they still have this promo. How did that happen? Kayfabe, go for it. Explain it. They shot it somewhere else. (laughs) But he's not... So I'll let It wasn't live. I, well, yeah. They did say it was a taped. Well, yeah, and it freezes on the end when he's done, so of course right. it's taped. But. They, and they even said going into it, here's taped comments from Bobby Heenan who can't get into the arena tonight. 
But if you're not going to let him in the arena, why would you air comments from him? I'm not going to let I'm, Osama bin Laden in here. Well, he's dead, so. Well, that's I mean. good point. But even <laughs> if he was alive, I, I can't. I'm not going to let Kim Jong Un in here. But if he sends me a video, I'm not going to play it. You see what I'm saying? Well, if he is a fan of the Retro Wrestling <laughs> Podcast, then we have some serious problems. <laughs> Hey, we diversify. We go worldwide. We do. We actually have fans in Japan. So Steiner Brothers, they're out next. Their WWF theme song, I usually give WWF a lot of credit on their theme song. It sucked. It sucks, man. <laughs> their WCW theme song blows it out of the water. Like and, Steiner line, man. And they're taking they're taking on the Executioners. That's right. Okay. Who I had the to, hell is the Executioners? <laughs> I had to look them up. I... And I got excited when I found out that it all circles around, Patrick. It all just seems, the universe just always has a, has a way of working out. Remember last week I told you when I picked this show, like, I don't really have a reason to pick this show because it doesn't tie into anything going on in current pro wrestling. Oh, but it does, Patrick, because the executioners, one of them is a guy named Barry Hardy. Now, he is not related to the actual Hardy boy. At first I was like... Oh my God! It's the Hardy's dad. Like we he was found, a, we finally found their long lost dad. Okay, go. But even if he wasn't related, he should have been their manager instead of Michael P. S. Hayes when he was their manager for a second. Okay, I'm with you. Go okay, on. but the second executioner. Here's where it all circles back around. The second executioner is Dwayne Gill. No freaking way, <laughs> Gilberg. <laughs> so we're watching Gilberg's Raw debut as Goldberg's Raw re debut. Bang, it all connected. Beautiful. <laughs> so they are the awesome. executioners. I think they actually, uh, it might have been Bartlett, actually referred to them mistakenly as the Beverly Brothers. or The, I'm the Steiner gonna... Brothers and the Beverly Brothers were feuding at the time. Oh, okay, okay. So. That makes sense. That's why it got mentioned. I thought they called the executioners the Beverly Brothers. The Beverly like, Brothers were coming out of uh, Smoky, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Macho Man and Bartlett don't know which Steiner is which. How hard can it be to tell the fucking Steiner brothers apart? It's, it's, not, it's easy. It's, easy. It's, not, it's not the Bellas. I'm, it's I not mean, the Usos. Yeah, it's not the Usos. It's not the Bellas. It's not the freaking, yeah. They're very different You looking. have Rick and you have Scott. You have a jacked up one and then you have the dog face gremlin with a headgear. Oh, the dog face gremlin was very jacked up here too. He was not. He was still not in Scott's time. Who is your favorite Steiner brother? In these in these '90s matches that we've watched, it's definitely Rick. No, of all time, who is your favorite Steiner brother? Well, I, I'm sorry, man. Big Papa Pump is way better. See, I love Rick. Well, yeah, I I can see why. In all these in all these early matches, he's great. I love Rick. And I I it's very close. It's, it's hard it's to believe. It's hard to believe though that Rick is the older brother. A lot of people don't know that. Well, now, well now that you know. When Scott started letting his hair go gray or whatever, yeah. yeah. I mean, he looks ancient compared to Rick sometimes. But Every single autograph signing that I'm at or show I'm at that the Steiner brothers are going to be at, you just hear the fans as they're walking by, well, which one's your favorite Steiner brother? So I, just... I can't tell them apart. You can't <laughs> I'm like Rob Bartlett and Macho Man. I, they look the same to me. Doink is in the crowd. Best part of the match. <laughs> Calling it now. Future Hall of Famer Doink is in the crowd. I wish. He's distracting them. Bartlett calls him Dork the Clown. Yes. McMahon doesn't seem to know the name of the clown either, so his Vince, own creation. Vince calls him Dork at one point in time. Yeah. So, so I mean. And he named him, and he doesn't even re- remember. 
Scott and Rick, this is all I have for this match. Demolish the executioners. I mean, they destroy these guys. Rick hits the bulldog onto an executioner who is on top of Scott's shoulder, and they get the three in three minutes. Just a total that was uh, destruction. But that's, that was a normal Steiner Brothers match. I've decided this week that they are now my favorite tag team of all time. Are you serious? They, in the ring. Not with their gimmicks, because... The college, the Michigan, hey, yo, we got our jackets on. Gimmick-wise, the Legion of Doom is light years ahead of them. But in the ring, man, these guys were great. When I was a kid, mine was the Rock and Roll Express. But then when I hit, I'm, I'm talking about Kid Kid and uh, Ricky and Robert, good friends. Uh, I was so honored to finally get, get the chance to meet them and even honored to become friends with them. But... When I got a little bit older and I hit the, the 9, 10, 13 era, and, you know, age, and start looking, Midnight Express, man. Midnight Express changed what wrestling, tag team wrestling was. You, you, had, the, you, know, you had one guy who did most of the high flying in Bobby Eaton, and you had one guy who, who could ground with almost anybody in, in Stan Lane. So it was a... Uh, I'm just going to have to watch more, more of them to be able to fairly say it just at this moment the steiner brothers have now moved into my number one position you're missing out dude oh i know i'm missing out you're but missing out what i've seen now what's your argument now that we have the dudleys have finally retired earlier this year what is your argument as greatest attack teams of all time i think they're easily the most decorated of all I'm time not saying, great it's not decorated not gimmick not just straight up greatest tag team of all time. Mine is the Midnight Express, hands down. Would you say? Well, I wouldn't put the Steiners as best all around. I just can't. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't put the Dudleys as the best all around. Although, when they were heels in ECW, the way Bubba could stir up those crowds. Man, can he not though? Oh God, I, those I videos. Was really, when I, I get nervous watching those back yeah. on YouTube and stuff because he had him on the verge of riots yeah i mean he's saying terrible there terrible was one things. thing he said to a girl with her <laughs> mother standing right there and if you don't know what we're talking about you can look it up yourself because i'm not going any further than that that i really thought that place was going to the guardrail was not going to hold them like the it wasn't just the the woman and her her you know mother it was it was literally the whole front row was going to tear it down and come in the ring but outside of that run, I've never found much really in their characters. You know, they get the they they definitely have the crowd invested because the crowd likes singing along. You know, they like the was up spot and they right. like get, you get the tables. You know, they like that shit. But they're good in the ring. But I think Devon kind of brings them down just a hair. Ooh. Anyway, that's a debate for another. We can just do a whole show on debating lists. Okay. There's enough list shows out there anyway. Sean Mooney is outside. Bobby the Brain Heenan is dressed up as Rob Bartlett's auntie. And not even Rob Bartlett's auntie is going to get into this capacity crowd of 2,000 people. The not Manhattan tonight. Center. Not tonight. Not on this foggy night. You're shit out of luck, pal. Razor Ramon is in the ring. The bad guy. The bad guy. He's in the ring. He's got a wild shirt on. He's got great fashion. 
He's got the little hamburger chest hair thing going. He's got his gold on. Got his gold on. Looking like a million bucks. It's unfortunate this crowd won't get to see him wrestle. So This is, I could be wrong, but isn't this right when he had first, kind of around the time he had first showed up? Yeah, this is about maybe not quite a year into it. Okay. So he's still relatively new. Okay. He's ready for his title shot at the Rumble. His shirt is very colorful. I've already mentioned that. And the crowd chants, we want Brett. Well, they won't be getting it. He says it took Brett eight and a half years to be the champ. It'll only take him eight and a half months. That's how long he had been there. Eight and a half months. He's already the number one contender in eight and a half months. Razor jumped Owen in the back on Superstars. There's nothing that Brett can do about it. It's pretty insulting. You know, what is that? That doesn't have anything to do with us, man. Don't attack my family. Now we go to a promo where the WWF is putting a headlock on hunger for the Somalia Relief Fund. It also circles back because, you know, now they're, do, they're doing breast cancer awareness all this month. So, WWF, yep. long line of helping out charities. And who do they get to promote this Somalia Relief Fund? Tatanka, Buffalo. He wants to put a headlock on hunger because he's a native person. He understands native people problems. Tatanka. Max Moon is out next. He is taking on the one and only the Heartbreak Kid. Shawn Michaels. Yes. Max Moon, Paul Diamond, not Conan, is out to take on HBK. HBK has his Sherry theme, but Sherry didn't show up tonight. Do you like Sherry's version of Sexy Boy better than Shawn's? No. No. Wow. Do you? I think it's good. I think I couldn't. I don't, I don't think I'd take 25 years of listening to it like we had to. <laughs> but at the time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just didn't. I mean, I liked it. Rob Bartlett, he makes an Amy Fisher joke. Oh, Wonderful. That's in good taste. That's in good taste. <laughs> oh, it gets better from there, Patrick. We take a commercial break in the middle of this nothing match. <laughs> I noticed all night the ring ropes here. Very loose, Patrick. Uh, your ring crew did not do a good job tightening up these ropes. Nope. We get the red, white, and blue ropes for this era of wwf i miss the red white and blue ropes they should do it on pay-per-views because now they on split brand on the dual brand pay-per-views they have the red brand and they have the blue brand so add a white rope that's it i agree you're on to something there mcmahon mentions that jack tunney tried to pardon mike tyson (laughs) and then bartlett does a mike tyson impression do you happen to know what mike tyson was in jail for patrick beating his wife oh that would be rape Oh! And they were just having a laugh. Okay, so my timeline was off, because he did go in for beating his wife at one point in time. But, oh, he was in for rape. Ooh. It's raw. Unedited. Uncut, unedited, uncensored. Uncooked, unkept. Some bull crap that lasted a total of, like, four episodes. Yeah. Well, it's funny that they make these jokes, you know, that are kind of insensitive. And then, you know, years later, they fired Abraham Washington for making the, you know... During the primetime players match, we're, they're going to take them down like Kobe and the lady in Colorado or whatever. Like, so now they would now they fire you over this crap. But it was fine. Nineteen ninety three, they encouraged it. Sean says this face has broken so many homes. He's an adulterer. This guy. He is. All the. I mean, how can you resist this guy? Even Playgirl wanted him, so you know. Macho Man feels Mike Tyson got a raw deal. HBK defeats Max Moon with the teardrop suplex for the win in 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Aren't, okay, are you glad 
that Shawn Michaels doesn't do the teardrop suplex anymore. Oh, yes. This, Are you glad he dropped that completely? <laughs> it doesn't look like a finishing move. It no. just looks like a transitional move. When he went from there to Sweet Chin Music was like, that was... Well, and he had, he had hit the super kick earlier in the match, but then it's just, you know, just a regular yeah. crescent kick. But, right. Oh, yeah. I, I hate strikes as finishing moves. Yeah. I hate punches as finishing moves. But for whatever reason, I love the super kick. I loved uh, Booker T's kick. I don't mind kicks as finishers. His scissors kick, Booker T's. Yeah. yeah. That's that is an awesome. Yeah. I don't mind kicks as finishers for whatever reason. But now that Sean's out of it, I don't like that the young bucks do super kick parties and that and that oh, everybody man. uses super kicks. Everybody. everybody. Every single match you will see a super kick. Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz. Every single freaking match. Doesn't matter what kind of wrestler they are. No. Every this match. This was a finisher. This ended matches, and now it's just a reg. Well, it goes back to the, you know... Uh, when Austin was uh, getting mad at John Cena for using that springboard stunner that looked like shit <laughs> and saying, why are you using that? It doesn't even end the match. Yeah. And then he quit using it. I'm glad someone pulled John Cena. I'm glad Austin pulled it. Shawn Michaels doesn't have enough time in the day to call up every indie wrestler and every pro wrestler that's doing these damn super kicks. The Usos, everybody. Well, think Jake Roberts did the DDT. That you don't have a match now without one. Well, yeah, it's the exact same as the super kick. I mean, there is every single match has a DDT in it. I'll give some leeway to the DDT being used because a DDT can look devastating, or it can look like you just roll right through it. You know, well, it depends on the person taking it, how they want to sell it. Right. So I think there are. I think there can be a transitional. DDT, but to me, and I mean also, Sean, the a Sweet Chin Music is way better looking than any just regular old super kick. But it's yeah, go back to an, a you know a swing netbreaker. Bobby Eaton, Rude Awakening. Bobby Eaton, to my knowledge, is the one who invented it. Went straight to Ravishing Rick Rude doing the Rude Awakening with it, just modified it a little. Now you don't see a single match without one. Basically, I mean these old moves now. That were finishers, you see being used, and now you have people kicking out of finishers. So it's like, why do you even call it a finisher? Why does it even matter? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a WWF Mania promo. Mania was there, I guess, Saturday or Sunday morning show. Royal Rumble report time. Mean Gene, we go to the WWF studios. Uh, we get a Sean pre-tape promo about his match with Marty Jannetty, the one Marty actually made it to. <laughs> But whose side is Sherry on? I guess that's why she didn't come out with Sean earlier tonight. No. She's she's undecided. <laughs> she's an undecided voter. Marty's promo, well, it's sort of just okay. The Rumble will start at 4 o'clock on Sunday. I want to go back to this time. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is a good time to have a Royal Rumble. An afternoon type. Then you can get on with your life. Yeah. Why does it have to be? And then now it runs over. Yeah. So now it's like you commit to the pre-show and then the event, and it's it's nearly midnight by the time we're all said and done. Well, Survivor Series will go four hours this year. I'm uh, already calling it. Oh now. no, it'll it'll go longer than that because it'll have a two-hour pre-show. Well, it's normally three. Yeah. It, well, it'll, it'll start at seven. The actual car. I think it'll like that. So it'll car. be six hours. Yeah. I I just have that feeling. I think it. No, will. you're right. They, it'll it, definitely it, do it that. hasn't in the past, but I, th- I feel like this they're year... They're trying they're... to bring up the uh, the three other classic pay-per-views. They're trying to make them all feel like WrestleMania. 
you have to do something to separate your your top four pay-per-views. And I feel like making them four hours does. It's not about quantity. It's no, about quality. I, I agree. And by the way, when you make everything feel like WrestleMania, it cheapens WrestleMania. Well, I mean, why do you have a WrestleMania access and a SummerSlam access now? Give it another year or two, you're going to have a Survivor Series and Royal Rumble access. Well, I actually think that doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt the event as much as it does making it the same length. Well, you're taking away from what WrestleMania weekend is all about. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, not everyone can travel to every... Like, we can't travel to every WrestleMania. So if there was a a rumble in Atlanta and there was an access... Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to just have that so you can say... Yeah. I went, I don't think that hurts the main show. I think the main show gets hurt, though, when you, you try, to, try to sell it to me as the same thing as WrestleMania. Because it's just not. Yeah, no. Until it is. And then everything's the same. And then what what the hell are we even doing? Because every show is getting to be the same. These these pay-per-views, these split-brand pay-per-views, really just to me felt like an extra weekly show. Because they don't... We've talked about it before. They don't do anything with the set to you, make them look different. I miss the, the arena entryway sets, the stages. You know, you had 2001, you, you know, 2000, a little bit before there. You All the way up till that time, you had different type sa- you know, stages. Yeah. And that... That signified that pay-per-view as being something special. You don't have that. No. At all. It's all the same freaking thing. Put words on a monitor. Yeah. Change it. Sean Mooney is outside. Now people are lined up. This is why I think that they were taped and aired in reverse for some reason. Now there are people outside. Bobby is now Rob Bartlett's Jewish uncle, Morty. (laughs) But that can't even get him in. Tickets are available, by the way, for these Monday Night Raw tapings. Call 203-352-8692. They left this in the network version. Usually they cover these up right. with number no longer. I'm sure this still calls the Manhattan Center. In fact, you know I'm going to call it right now. We are on the air, and we are going to call the Manhattan Center as we speak. Yeah, I mean. Now, Why not? And see what it says. Yeah, we'll put it on speaker here. Still ringing though, so it's it's for something. I'm sure because of the network, they get calls all the time. All the now. time now. Well, I figured they'd at least have an answering machine. This is kind they of. might. We're only on ring six. Oh, it's someone's cell phone. It is someone's cell phone. It is a personal. So, <laughs> whoever you are out there with that number, I'm so sorry. We just called you. You could have been a part of the retro wrestling podcast. Well, I was hoping to get tickets for Raw taping. Yeah, they're taping for the whole month. You know, I bet those people are pissed. (laughs) Because usually, okay, they don't censor out like the. You're not gonna call the one nine hundred number for the hotline. That would be very, very stupid. I would. Well, don't look at your phone bill when it with that new smartphone. Don't be calling one nine hundred numbers. Just FYI. But with this is just a local number. This is just a regular phone number, and they didn't block it out and say that it was disconnected or whatever. The actual number to the Manhattan Center, let's look it up. I'm sorry, the Manhattan Center's phone number now is 212-279-7740. So they have changed their number in the last 24 years. (laughs) Because (laughs) they got tired of people like you calling wanting wrestling tickets. There's really no reason that they should have changed their number. But anyway... 
So there you have it. There's the result on... I'm glad I saved that for the podcast. Kamal was on Superstars this past weekend and ditched his managers, Kim Chi and Harvey Whippleman. He ditched them for the services of Slick. Reverend Slick. And they piped in crowd noise for this segment because it sounded like the crowd was going crazy and they were just sitting on their hands. All right, time for the main event. This is sad that this is the main event. Damian Demento is in the ring. And he is waiting for some unknown wrestler named The Undertaker. Dung. In what has to be, without a doubt, Undertaker's fastest ring entrance of all time. <laughs> he takes three steps. And he's going up the and stairs. And he's in the ring. <laughs> it's like he was standing right beside the ring when they played his music. And he walked right in. The lights never went out. Too. No. This is another. Well, it's Manhattan. You get robbed if lights are out. Somebody's oh, going to pick your pocket and stab you with the lights. They were out. worried about security. Yeah. So, yeah, Undertaker's fastest and therefore worst entrance ever as he takes three steps to get in the ring with Paul Bear. Paul Bear loves his urn, and then, of course, he removes the hat, and it's time to fight. It's Take- all business now. Taker is in his old gray gloves, which I don't like. I like the purple gloves. I like the purple gloves, too. Taker hits the elementary school on Damian Demento. Damian Demento manages to take Undertaker off his feet with a shoulder tack, but then Undertaker does the Michael Myers sit-up spot, hits the tombstone, and gets the win in 2 minutes, 26 seconds. What a classic. Okay, now, who is Damian Demento? (laughs) That's a good question. I will have to look it because up. Because he didn't last very long at all. I didn't even understand the gimmick. Damien Demento is a man named Phil Thighs. He's semi-retired, so I guess you can still book him. We might have to book him then. He is on the independent circuit to this day. I'm trying to understand what he, he's supposed to be. Do you know where Damien Demento hailed from, Patrick? Where? The outer reaches of your mind. He showed mentally disturbed behavior. Do you know Damien Demento made one pay-per-view appearance? He was in the 1993 Royal Rumble (laughs) and lasted over 12 minutes. Wow. Before being eliminated by your favorite wrestler, Carlos Colon. And after this... Let's not get on that topic. After this, Demento was only on house shows before leaving in October 1993 a true cup of coffee in the big time as macho man would say as recently as 2014 he was still wrestling so there you go we might have to book him i have to yeah i mean if he can figure if he can explain what he's supposed to be he's got a we'll bring him on air feathery shoulder pads i really thought it was hugh morris for a second or like a relative of him an advertisement next week for a steel cage match between woody allen and mia farrow more hilarious topical humor for Raw. I don't think this match happened, but it does make me want to watch episode <laughs> two to see what they put on here. Now, even though the main event has happened, the show has one more segment left. Yes. Vince interviews Doink Bra, who's making kids cry, Bra. Then Crush Bra comes out, Bra, and tells Doink Bra he's going to have a cast on both his arms and legs if he keeps it up, Bra. Crush then chases him around the ring and nearly busts his ass tripping over the steps chasing <laughs> Doink. Bra. Bra. And then Crush Bra, his music bra, hit bra. And that was the end of the segment. There, He never caught Doink. It Doink just ran away. And then one final look outside the ring. Bobby Heenan has made it to the roof, as Bobby Heenan would call it. And they say, Bobby, you can finally go in now. Well, the show is over. Yes. So Bobby Heenan went into a dark, 
Manhattan Center, which was actually probably taping next week's episode, so he did get to see some some wrestling. So good for him. Snyder was really just about Bobby Heenan's quest to get into this building. Bobby wanted in that building, but based on what we saw, why? You know, why would he actually have wanted in there? The best part of this entire freaking forty-five minutes was Doink the Clown. It is true. He was entertaining. For I mean, the, I'm not the, being. I'm being the two or three serious. minutes he was on the screen. His interview was very funny too, where he's like, and "This was Matt Bourne, doink. the real this doink. Was, this yes. was the real doink." I feel like the gimmick doink needs to go in the Hall of Fame. Oh yes, I mean everybody's been doink. No, Everybody I'm not, will be. I'm doink. not saying Matt. I mean, when you think of doink, you think of Matt Bourne, but. The gimmick in and of itself, since you, we talked about it, Razor Ramon being a gimmick that went in the Hall of Fame. I think it the, is true. They should have given it to just Scott Hall. That's very weird. Odd thing about this show is that first episode of Raw teases the reveal of Lex Luger. First part of Nitro, Lex Luger reveals. Lex Luger ties the Monday Night War together, basically. He is a prominent feature on both the first episode of Raw and Nitro, despite... Not actually being on Raw, but... And Rick Rude was the only person to be on both shows at once. As a kid, that blew my mind, because I didn't know which <laughs> right? one was real. Right? <laughs> because they would never tell you, like, oh, this is a taped episode of Raw or whatever. You start channel Nitro starting, would, but... Yeah. You start I was flipping very, back very confused. Flipping back and forth, you're like, how's he there? And he, Damn, that's a fast jet that he flew. <laughs> well, I mean... Because he had the beard on Raw and then just the mustache on Nitro. Right. Or it was the opposite or something. No, you were right. You're right. And also, he was on tape DCW that week. So he was in all three promotions within the same week. That is insane. (laughs) He did it. One, just a weird, quirky thing that happened. But that didn't happen this week. No. What did you think Uh, of Monday Night Raw? How do you think this show's going to fare? Do you, do you see this lasting? I don't see it lasting. No. I don't either. I don't think they really offered enough here. No, yeah. I don't see it getting past, like, it's going to be like TNA Impact. It's going to be going down the tubes pretty soon. So Now that you have seen the very first episode of Raw. I can see why they don't show us highlights from this episode, because. I tried telling you, dude, it was shit. They make an effort to show us Lex Luger showing up at the Mall of America on Nitro all the time. <laughs> but they never mention this. They show clips, you know, they don't... You might see The Undertaker and you might see Shawn Michaels, but they don't say, oh, by the way, Undertaker wrestled Damian Demento on the groundbreaking I, the first only, episode. The only, whenever they talk about the first episode of Raw, the only thing I kept fi- uh, finding was was the first match, Coco and Yokozuna. They've mentioned that? They, they have mentioned they that multiple times. They shouldn't want to they have mentioned that one multiple times, but other than that, there's nothing mentioned of the rest of this This, this show. is one they should want to forget. They should bury this one. The announce team is terrible. Rob Bartlett. That was just... <laughs> who in the hell thought that was a good idea? Yeah, it, a local DJ with absolutely no idea about professional wrestling, but he wanted to do something different. You know, I give Vince credit because he tried... You know, it wasn't that different than any other wrestling show at the time, but they did with the with the Ring Girls and with the com- the, the with Rob Bartlett. I'm not going to call him a comedian, but I could see where the wheels were spinning. They well, never I mean, touched the ground. The Ring go- the the Ring <laughs> the Ring Girls turned into like the Nitro Girls later on 
few years later. And so sometimes when when Vince McMahon is brought up, a lot of people throw around, oh, he's such a genius. He's such a genius. He's also very lucky. He's also a very lucky guy that things have just fallen into place because if Nitro did not debut in 1995 and force Raw to actually up their game and figure this shit out, I don't think this show would be on the air anymore. No. Because this product that they're putting out in 1993, even with the, the, the changes they made going forward where, I mean, even in late 1994... Randy Savage is still the co-commentator on this show. This was just not going to work long term if they didn't have something to really initiate their change. And had it been head to head '93, you know, with like WCW or something, they would have blown them out of the water. Yeah. So I think Vince is very fortunate, and WWE, we are, as wrestling fans are very fortunate that. There was another not mon- another Monday night show that came along to make this one better. Yeah. Or we would still be doing the kitty crap like they're trying to make us do again today. Well, I'm not going to say the show is... It's not at its peak in 2016, but it's certainly not in the gutter of January 11th, 1993. So, so on a scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, what is your thoughts? Well, I'm going to give this one a... Max Mini. Max Mini, the smallest wrestler of all time. He's actually smaller than Hornswoggle. He is 41 years old. He is still wrestling to this day. In AAA, correct? Yeah. He is three feet. His build height is three feet, seven and a half inches. And I think that's what Raw Episode 1 deserves on the height scale. I'm going to go with a four foot one with uh, Hornswoggle. So. You're going to give this one a Hornswoggle. Wow. So. So we're both in agreement. The first episode of Raw is a skip it. History of wrestling. I'm going to save our po- our podcast right now by combining all of this together. Next weekend, Hell in a Cell. Why not? We look at the best Hell in a Cell of all time. So we that would of course be Big Boss Man, Undertaker, <laughs> WrestleMania 15. You are. Or did you mean Boss Man Al Snow? Kennel from Hell match. You are so wrong. We are going to King of the Ring, 1998. Wow. Undertaker and Mick Foley. So you've taken a week off from Mick Foley Hell in a Cell matches, and we're right back. I felt, I mean, we're jumping on the Hell in a Cell bandwagon with the, uh... Plus, Halloween is the following day of next week's show, and I feel like this is one of the scariest freaking matches I've ever seen in my life, so... Was this the same card that had the first blood match with Austin? It did. It had the first blood match with Austin Which he should have lost. (laughs) Within the opening seconds of the match... If referee Patrick Young had been in charge of King of the Ring 98, which, by the way, he lost the match anyway. He this did. was the infamous 24-hour title change. Yes. Kane had no visible skin whatsoever except for his <laughs> except for A his way hand. you should go into a first, first blood, blood match. match. Yeah. There's except nothing for, wrong. Except for his hand. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, so there was... We'll get into it next week. <laughs> King of the Ring 1998, June 28th, sponsored by Super Soaker. From the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, PA, also the King of the Ring finals between The Rock and Ken Shamrock. We get to look forward to that. So we will catch up with you then. Sorry about watching Raw number one. It 
won't happen any anymore ever again. For the Retro Wrestling Podcast, I am intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo. Bingo. Another great show. Great show.